Hi everybody, welcome to my first health tip Tuesday. I'm really excited. So if you guys have any health tips that you want me to review, feel free to email me at info at Trisha RD as in registered dietitian.com or you can direct message me on Instagram at the handle at whole health empower. So on today's health tip Tuesday, we are going to spend some time talking about supplements that may um, help maintain your immunity. In particular, we're going to talk about four different supplements. And why I thought this was important, obviously, is we're in the winter season and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world with um, COVID and things like that. So we, so I know there's a lot of information out there about different supplements to help, you know, boost immune function and to, um, you know, decrease your risk of getting sick. So I just wanted to kind of go through the data about the different supplements um, and, you know, and just kind of go from there. So there is not a lot of evidence in general to support taking vitamin supplementation in the sense that it will 100% keep you or prevent you from getting sick, but all the vitamins mentioned here, vitamins and minerals may help support your immune system and keep it functioning healthy. But of course, the disclaimer here is that eating a healthy, balanced diet is the best approach of all. So first recommended supplement would be a multivitamin. So why a multivitamin is helpful um, for especially for immune function is that a multivitamin can be used to fill in um, to fill in the gaps for any deficiencies that may occur. And why you would like develop a deficiency, a vitamin deficiency would be that you're not eating a healthy, balanced diet. And when I'm talking about a healthy, balanced diet, we're talking about fruits and veggies and whole grains and nuts. So if you're not eating that way, then you may be deficient in a vitamin. And so a multivitamin is helpful in that way. Also, if you're somebody who doesn't eat enough calories per day, or if you've had a history of a vitamin deficiency, you will probably, it would probably be beneficial for you to take a multivitamin to help, you know, support any any of the deficiencies or prevent any deficiency from occurring. With a multivitamin, if you are a woman of childbearing age, you want to make sure that in your multivitamin you have folic acid. And the amount that you would want to have would be about 400 micrograms a day. So each each multivitamin you're going to see when you go out and look for multivitamins have different amounts of folic acid in them. So you just want to make sure that the one that you choose, again, if you want to have a baby or if you're a childbearing age, would be a, folic, a multivitamin with folic acid of 400 micrograms per day. The second supplement that we're going to talk about for immunity is vitamin D. Vitamin D is um, sold in the supermarket or wherever you purchase vitamins as vitamin D3. So there's 
two actually that you'll see that would be vitamin D2 and vitamin D3. The one that you want to have is vitamin D3, also known as cholecalciferol. So that's the the one that's better um, absorbed and just better tolerated and just superior. So you may see ergocalciferol or cholecalciferol and you want to do D3 cholecalciferol. So vitamin D is important as it may work by boosting your immune cells. So in the United States, we are, especially if you live in the Northeast, there is concern for deficiency of vitamin D in the winter months. But a lot of vitamin D levels are really, they could be based on on where you live. But more recently, um, we've found that people are vitamin D deficient because, you know, in the summer months, we're worried about um you know, worried about the sun damage. And so we tend to wear a lot more sunscreen in the summer months than we previously did. So most of you will maybe be eating a little bit of vitamin D if you're eating foods such as like cheeses or yogurt or tuna or sardines. But vitamin D in itself isn't found in a lot of foods. So a lot of people do require supplementation of vitamin D. Typically, your doctor will usually at least once a year do a vitamin D level so that you can assess and see if you have any deficiency. So the recommended dietary allowance, or it's also known as the RDA, and that's basically like the amount that has been like scientifically demonstrated um, that's like a safe level is anywhere between 600 and 800 IUs. But in the winter months, you actually may need more than that. And you may actually need up to 2,000 IUs. And it's considered a dose between 1,000 to 2,000 IUs per day of vitamin D3 to be considered generally safe. So remember that with vitamin D, you it's also going to be present in your multivitamin so you want to look at your multivitamin see how much vitamin d is in there and then you know consider what your dose would be um according to that so take into account what the amount that you're getting from the multivitamin and then the amount that you're taking outside of it and do not exceed 2000 ius the vitamin d dose may also change according to like if you're just in a maintenance dose, meaning that your vitamin D levels are fine, you probably won't require as much vitamin D supplementation. But if you've gotten your blood work tested and your vitamin D levels are low, then you may actually need a higher dose to replete the amount that's low. And that's when you may be closer to 2000 IUs per day. The third vitamin that we're gonna talk about today is vitamin C. So I know you all heard of vitamin C and vitamin C is probably the most common supplement that people take in order to prevent um, the common cold. A lot of us, you know, it's pretty easy to get vitamin C from foods. It's typically in things like strawberries and cantaloupe and probably a lot of people do oranges and orange juice. It's also in broccoli and kale. So the recommended dose of vitamin C supplementation is anywhere from 
250 to 1000 milligrams per day. And remember, vitamin C is probably also something that's in a multivitamin. And with vitamin C, I know people are probably taking these mega doses, especially now with, um, again, with like the common cold and with COVID and things like that. But the tolerable upper limit is 2000 milligrams a day. So you don't want to exceed that amount. And also it causes like a lot of GI distress if you were to exceed that amount. And then also you want to consider, there are some special considerations for taking, you know, higher amounts of vitamin C. So if you are a person that has chronic kidney or chronic liver disease, you don't want to exceed, um, you know, a thousand milligrams a day. And if you're somebody who's on dialysis, then you don't ever want to exceed amount of 250 milligrams per day of vitamin C. And then lastly, we're going to talk about zinc. So zinc is um, a supplement that may help prevent against the common cold when taken as symptoms start to appear. So zinc is probably the one supplement that I'm a little bit leery about um, because where the real benefit of taking zinc supplementation has been shown is when people are actually zinc deficient. So that's really where you get the most bang for your buck in terms of zinc supplementation. The recommended daily amount of zinc is for adults is eight milligrams for women and 11 milligrams for men. The thing with zinc is that there's some uh, contraindications to taking zinc. So there could, because there could be some drug um, interactions. So if you're taking zinc supplementation, just know that if you're also taking antibiotics or any rheumatoid arthritis medication, or if you're on any diuretics, these medications may also interfere with zinc. And so you would just have to be a little bit wary of that. Um, and then also, if you take too much zinc, it may hinder copper absorption. So zinc is one of those things that you really want to have a balance. You don't want to exceed it because, you know, there are um, side effects of taking too much. That being said, right now, there are um, studies underway talking about like, supplementation of zinc in adults that are over 50 to see if that impacted any of their COVID risk. So those studies are premature and there's no data out there now, but you know, the doses of zinc that they're taking are higher, but they're also being monitored by professionals. So again, I wouldn't recommend taking zinc for long periods of time. If you're taking antibiotics, rheumatoid arthritis meds, or diuretics, and really just take zinc when your symptoms appear as opposed to all the time and don't exceed the dose for adults, which is eight milligrams for women and 11 milligrams per day for men. And then overall, these supplements are meant to be used in conjunction with a healthy balanced diet, right? So if your diet is really balanced, then you may not need, there might not be a big of a need to have these supplements. But in terms of immunity, nothing can replace lifestyle factors that are really important for immune optimization. And those lifestyle factors are 
making sure that you get adequate sleep, that you're exercising regularly, and that you're not smoking. If you're not getting enough sleep and you're not exercising and you're smoking, then that's going to really, you know, put you at risk for, um, for your immune system being a little bit poorer than you want it to be. And then the disclaimer here in this whole episode is that there's no evidence to support that taking these supplements will protect you from COVID-19. And you want to also speak with your healthcare provider to make sure that these supplements are appropriate for you and that they don't interfere with any other medications that you're taking. So thanks for joining me today for my first ever Health Tip Tuesday, and I'll see you back here next week.